Hey everyone, and welcome to It's the Breakdown Podcast with D. Malone. I hope you are ready to hear a great word from God. So, jot this down. The title of today's lesson is, Watch Your Mouth, Part 2, How We Talk to Others. So before we get into it, let us pray. Father God, we thank you for just being God. We thank you for this opportunity to share your word with one another. Father God, right now, I ask that you help me. Help me to say exactly what you would have me to say. Decrease me and increase you that you would get the glory, not me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord God. Touch and bless every set of ears, every heart, and every mind that we are receptive to what it is that you have to say to us on today. I pray, Lord God, that every bit of change that you want to see happen, that it will happen in this space. Welcome, Holy Spirit. We want to be in your presence. All these things we ask and we bless in your name, Jesus. We pray. Amen. Amen. So if you will, turn with me to James chapter 3. And we're going to look at verse 2, and then we're going to skip to verse 5 to 6, and then 9 to 10. And I'm going to read it aloud for you, and hopefully you'll be reading it with me. And um, it reads as such. So, it says, Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every way, every other way. Five, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Verse 9. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing Come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. So, as I was studying this, I felt it. And can I be transparent and honest right here? James 3 and verse 1 was one of the reasons I was so apprehensive about saying yes to the calling of teaching the Bible or Bible study. I was afraid like Moses. I didn't think I had what it took. Um, I didn't want to say the wrong thing. I knew that I would be held responsible for what uh, came out of my mouth. I knew that the words that I spoke, I would be held responsible for. And James 3 and 1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers uh, in the church. 
for we who teach will be judged more strictly. So I'm not going to lie to y'all. I was a little nervous. <laughs> I was like, uh, maybe I'm not sure. No, thank you. But I found hope and encouragement in Exodus 4, 12. When God told Moses, now go, I will be with you as you speak. And I will instruct you in what to say. And see here, just to give you a little context quickly, Moses thought that he didn't have what it took, right? Moses knew he was slow in speech. He stuttered. He, uh, he felt like he was not eloquent. So he did not think that what God was calling him to do, which was go and tell the uh, Pharaoh that he wanted him to let the Israelites go, let my people go, right? And he was like, oh, how am I going to lead your people if I can't speak? And God is like, hold up. Did I not give you your mouth? I'll do it. And he's telling him the whole entire time, I will indeed be with you. And I believe that he was saying and is saying the same thing to me and to all of us. So although this lesson is titled, watch your mouth, please understand and be encouraged that God is saying, I am with you. I will help you. Just like he tells us in Isaiah 41.10, don't be afraid for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So family, be encouraged. You are not expected to do this on your own. We have help just like James 3, 2 says, indeed, you make many mistakes. So God has accounted for those mistakes. He understands, but he also knows that he's with us if we will allow, if we will let him. So now let's get into some ways on how not to use our words. First up, is foul language. Now I have to take it here. We say we love God, but we cuss folks out super quickly. That's not loving or godly. James 3 and 9 says, sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Let's go over to Ephesians 4.29. And I'm, of course, you guys know, reading from the New Living Translation uh, Bible. And it states, do not use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that everything you say, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So as we read here in this text, God is not okay with foul or abusive language. We all know what falls under those two categories. Anything we don't want our children to say or our parents and elders to hear us say. Anything that we were forbidden to say. That's foul and abusive language. God says it's not good or helpful, nor is it encouraging. He considers it foul, abusive, 
And in Ephesians 4.31 and Ephesians 5.4, he calls it harsh and slander. Now, understand this is not just profanity that we yell out in the heat of road rage. This is the mean things that's said at the height of anger. The words said that choke the life out of someone's heart and someone's dream. That sarcastic comment that we thought was cute. That rude joke at a dinner party in front of everyone that embarrassed someone. We've all done it one or more times. Because we've learned it. It's a coping or defense mechanism. But God says, I have a better way if you follow me. And no more making excuses. God knows my heart. No one can judge me but God. Well, it's God saying, let me help you stop. It's God saying, don't do it. Let us check out Ephesians 5, 6 through 7. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. He doesn't want us making excuses because then it makes it easier to do it again and again without remorse. We all fall short of the glory of God. We are all sinners. None of us are perfect. But we are to do our best to do the right things, to say the right things. And even when we do wrong, we are to feel bad and ask for forgiveness and then turn back to God. But we cannot and we must be careful about being around the people who want to drag us down into the pit. Right. So that doesn't mean that we are to seclude ourselves and to only be with the people that that are so super Super godly, right? Like, you know, oh, I'm going to be with the people that think that they're holier than thou. No, 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 no. Because guess what? The church is full of people that are sick. It's a hospital. It's for people that are sick. So, yeah, we're going to all walk around. God, when we think about it, Jesus, he walked around and he stayed with sick people. He was around people that were sinners, Like even his closest friends, they were nowhere near perfect. But the thing about his closest friends is that they were trying to be better. They were working to be more like Jesus and less like the world. So in your getting your company, make sure that they're trying to be more like Jesus and less like the world. And that is what God is saying. You can't participate in the things those people do because they're going to drag you down with them. And that is what he does not want to do. So condoning the things that they do is the problem. So we want to make sure that that we are walking upright, but not our head above the clouds. We're not trying to be better than anyone or holier than thou that's not what that scripture is saying it's saying be careful that you don't fall down and stay down he's saying it's okay that we make mistakes but get back up again and then let's turn back around and come back towards Christ don't stay trying to conform to the world come on back use your discernment with who you pick and choose to walk with Next up.
lying. Ephesians 4.25 says, So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. Colossians 3.9 Do not tell lies to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds, lying to and about people to save yourself is selfish ambition. Whether it's a big or a little lie, there is a consequence to it. We are held accountable for it. Lying about why we're late, God hears it. And then guess what? It breaks the trust between us and who we lie to. Telling someone you'll send something or you'll do something and then never doing it. Guess what? It ruins your credibility. We got to be careful that we don't lie to one another. Whatever the reasoning is, there's a consequence behind it. And is it really worth it? Flattery and manipulation, those are forms of lies. And they're big no-nos. In Psalm chapter 12, verse 2, Verse 4, it says, it tells us neighbors lie to each other, speaking with flattering lips and deceitful hearts. And then we go down to four. It says, they say we will lie to our hearts, our content. Our lips are our own. Who can stop us? See, truth be told, most hardcore liars are arrogant, as we see here in the text. But God hears all. Where are you on the complaining scale? One to ten. How much would you say you complain? Well, let me just tell you. I used to be probably about seven, eight. (laughs) And I'm not lying. You see what I did there? I didn't do it out loud like the children of Israel. But I did it. And God hates that complaining. Look at 1 Corinthians 10.10. Nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. The other day I literally caught myself complaining under my breath about something small. And honestly I don't even remember. But I do remember the Holy Spirit saying, listen. And I was like, whoa. Hey, what are you even talking about, girl? Like, I had to really catch myself. And in that space, when I caught myself, I stopped and I replaced what I was complaining about with God's word. Right. And it was just that quick that I was like, what was happening? And I had to check myself. Like, what are you even talking about? And for real, I really don't even remember what I was saying, but I rebuked it because I knew it wasn't me. It was the enemy just going. And sometimes it's just, it's just that fast. And if we aren't careful, that spark becomes a flame that creates a forest fire. We complain about others to others and it hurts people even if they never say we have to be 
very, very careful. Because sometimes for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We got to be very careful about what is coming out of our mouths. And, and again, sometimes we don't even realize it. We, we end up complaining to someone about someone else. And James 5, 9 says, do not grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged for the judge. Look, the judge is standing at the door, complaining to the single friend about your man that doesn't buy you enough. What? She doesn't even have a man and you complaining to her about the fact that you who has a man is not buying you enough stuff. Do you hear yourself? Or complaining to the wrong co-worker that the boss is a nag. And guess what? It happens to be the boss's child. But because you didn't know that, because no one knew that, now your job is in jeopardy. Or complaining to the Jezebel spirit, that woman that's gunning for you. You're complaining to that Jezebel spirit that your wife never gives you space. And she's been gunning for you. She's been having her eyes been on you for a while now. And you just gave her the window of opportunity. The one thing she needed to start coming for you for real, for real. That's all she needed. Don't complain to or about people. But even more so, be careful who you are complaining to. Because they actually might like to complain as well. And then it turns into our next example. Gossip and slander. Here's what the Bible says about gossip and slander. Proverbs eleven thirteen. A gossip. Goes around telling secrets. But those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. So now you done sat there and you done told and talked and talked and talked and talked. And now the person you talking to, they loving it. They eating it up. And now they about to go and whisper your business. And now you know, you know that that thing where you. Tell somebody one thing and then it gets all twisted around. And by the time it gets back to you, it's completely different from how you first told it. Proverbs sixteen twenty eight says, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. You talking about folks telling a business is never cool. James chapter three, verse 14 through 15. I'm just going to give you verse 14 though. It says, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying because that's what slander is. That's really what you're doing. You're upset. So you're going to go lying and, and you're going to cover up what you're, you know, you're trying to say or what, what you're trying to hide. With lying. So now that's a part of harsh words and abusive language and slander. That's a no-no for God. That's a big no for God. 
Gossip kills friendships and relationships and more. It causes anger. And that's a problem. So we got to watch our mouths. And now next, blaspheming God's name. The name of the Lord. This is cut and dry. Don't use the Lord's name in vain ever for any reason at all. Punishment awaits. Exodus 27, Deuteronomy 5.11, Leviticus 19.12. They say it all. We are to keep God's name holy and stop casually misusing it. It's a bad habit and he's not pleased. Swearing by or on his name is a huge no-no. And again, something that we do it so easily, calling his name out like a curse is a huge no. Watch your mouth. Now we're getting down to the wire here. Have you ever not used the words God gave you to use? We must be careful to be obedient and say what he says to say when he says to say, because there are lives connected to our obedience and the words we have to say, they need to hear. We don't know what the words may result in, but God does. He may call us to share our testimony with someone and we may feel afraid, but do it anyway. James 4, 17 says, remember It is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. In Revelations 12, 11, New King James Version says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. So, what does that mean, D? All right, I'll share with you. Say what he says to say and not a word more. See, they overcame by the blood of the lamb. They overcame him, him being the enemy, by the blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb is when Jesus was crucified on the cross. The blood that was shed by Jesus. So when Jesus died, the enemy was defeated. And when we, our testimony of our lives being surrendered to Jesus, when we tell everyone about our lives being surrendered to Jesus, The enemy is defeated when we let people know that we have laid down our lives to follow Jesus. The enemy is again defeated. That is what we need to share with the people. And we can't be afraid to share that with the people. And sometimes that is what God wants us to share. God may want us to share that with someone. God may want us to say 
that we love him. But sometimes God may want us to be at the Walmart or at wherever supermarket we are in, wherever we are. We may need to just tell somebody a word that he has for them. And we can't be afraid to give that word to that person. Because they need that word. We don't know what might be tied to that word. And so that leads me to my last example. And then I want to leave you with three points to help us to practically watch our mouths. But this last one is a doozy. Some of us talk too much remember that song you talk too much and you never shut up well my teachers used to say that about me on every report card and well look at here look at here <laughs> I'm just kidding but seriously no seriously sometimes we can say too much at the wrong time sometimes we can overshare we can throw our pearls to swine. We can say something at the wrong time. Talking too much can cause us to fall into one of those earlier mentioned traps. Proverbs ten nineteen says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Our mouths can write a check. Our souls can't cash. What are we ready to be held accountable for? See, talk is not cheap. It costs a lot. Are we doing more harm than good with our words towards each other? Because unlike the broken bones from those sticks and stones, the damage from our words take longer to heal and trust they do hurt. So here are three points to help us watch our mouth. One, pause for the cause. Pause. Count to 10 or 100, whatever it takes to bring down the heat. Walk away if need be. Breathe. James chapter 1 verse 19 says, Understand this, my brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak. And slow to get angry. See, when someone says something hurtful before reacting worse than them, try to pause and listen to what they are truly saying and not saying. Because mistreatment is a reflection and a deflection of what's going on in their heart. We don't know what's actually happening in these people's lives. In in our lives, sometimes they don't know what's happening in our lives. And if we're the verbal assassin, if we're the verbal bully, there's something that's going on in our lives and in our hearts. And and we're not letting them know. And so it's it's a reflection. What comes out of our mouths, right, as we said before, is 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 what's what's happening on the inside of our hearts. And so it's cool. It's okay if we just listen 
to, to really what's happening and just chill for a second. Because we may not be able to control sometimes how they say things or how things fly out of their faces. But we get to control our responses. Will our response or our thoughts, do they, do, I, do they align with what God is saying? That's what the pause is for. To help us to align with what God says. To, to think Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? We get to pause for a second. And it's okay. It doesn't make you weak. It actually makes you strong to pause. Number two, use your words wisely. That means keeping them in alignment with God's words. Like I just said, are they true Are they helpful? Are they inspiring? Are they necessary? Are they kind? So the pause should not help us to formulate a super nice, nasty, sarcastic message or email or text. You know, like, as per my last email, or if you would look at the aforementioned message, like, no, none of that. Because God holds us to a godly standard, not a worldly standard. He actually tells us not to conform to the behaviors or the customs of the world in Romans 12 and 2. So that goes for how we respond to people, even when they aggravate us and how we use our words. Proverbs 17, 27 says, a truly wise person uses few words, a person with understanding is even tempered so we got to use our words wisely we want to use kind words because kind words are like honey and they're healthy to the body that's in proverbs 16 24 and so the third thing we want to do is hey when all else fails be quiet hold your mule hush your bus put a pin in it Proverbs 17, 28, even fools are thought wise when they keep silent with their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. Proverbs 21, 23, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. Being quiet sometimes is best if you won't have the right things to say. It's best to calm down first because once the wrong words go out, they can't go back in and the damage is done. Go away, write it down so you can see. And then you can see both perspectives. You can see how maybe you might have been wrong, how maybe both parties are wrong. And then you can see the the resolution and how it can be applied gently, right? And, And watching our mouth is taking care of each other's hearts. What comes out of the mouth goes to the ears, it replays in the minds, and then it slides to the hearts. And then from that heart, it goes to the ears, Then it goes back to the heart, 
goes back to the mind, then it goes back to the heart. And it's a cycle. And then it goes from a, a whole vicious cycle. And it goes from mouth to heart, mouth to heart, mouth to heart. And it's just replaying. And it's like dominoes creating hatred and division. And the enemy's plan and his mission. As John 10.10, he comes to steal kill and destroy but Jesus came that we would have life and life more abundantly and that's what we want we want life we want life more abundantly right at least that's what I think we have to want it we have to want to watch our mouths that's what God is asking us now that's what he's calling us Two, he's given us this, this, this space, this time to do so. The enemy wants to create this, this division. He wants us to be in the space where we destroy ourselves. But God is saying, no, I want to help you. And that's why I wanted to encourage us that we do have help. And so Jesus says, but I came that you would have life and to have life more abundantly. But like I said, we have to want it. So, my friends, will you choose life or death? Will we speak life or will we speak death? God is calling us to life that comes from a relationship with him. He loves us. And I truly believe that this message it's all about love. See, his love is, is so unfailing. And this love is about, this message is about correction. And correction is rooted in love. And although this message is a correcting message, he... And so watching our mouths is taking care of each other's hearts. What comes out the mouth goes to the ears, replays in the mind, and slides to the heart. And then it just turns into a domino effect from the heart to the mouth, to the mouth, to the heart. And it just keeps going in a cycle until it creates hatred and division. And that's the enemy's plan and his mission. John 10.10 tells us, that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that we would have life and have life more abundantly. But we have to want it. Will we choose life or death? Will we speak life or death? Because life and death lies in the power of the tongue. And God is calling us to life. And that life comes from a relationship with him. And he loves us. And I believe that this message, albeit correction, is rooted in his love. He corrects those he loves. Nothing can separate us from his love. And I know that he corrects us because he loves us. And so 
do we want to have our relationship grow stronger with Christ? And if so, then we will accept his correction. If you want a relationship with Christ and you feel like you don't have one or you're not as close to him as you would like, please, by all means, pray this prayer with me. If you have never had a relationship with him, please pray this prayer with me. It's a quick, simple prayer. You can find it in Romans chapter 10, uh, verses 9 through 10. Super simple. And we're going to pray it together. And basically, it just says that if you declare openly and if you believe within your heart that Jesus is your Lord and Savior and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you believe within your heart and you have faith in God, then you are saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So now you need to get into a Bible-based church. Um, and I'm sure virtually is, uh, is the option right now. But we have podcasts right now. But once church opens up, you get into a Bible-based church. And you work fellowship with a body of believers. And your, your relationship with him will begin to blossom more and more. So, welcome. But before we go, let us pray. Father God, we thank you so much. We thank you, God, that you correct those that you love. We thank you, God, that we have your help to change and help us to watch our mouths. We thank you, Lord God, for your word that it shall not return unto you void. We thank you, God, for your love, your unfailing love. Lord God, we ask that you increase our desire and our hunger and our thirst for you and your word increase our wisdom and our understanding of your word help us lord god that we would do what your word says to do bless us in your name jesus we pray amen amen be blessed but more importantly be a blessing have a good one